we haven't we hadn't seen each other for a few weeks then hey yeah this is our first episode recording back uh since the break yeah. Uh, listening to those episodes back makes me laugh so hard because it just kept getting like progressively more chaotic as the night went on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I noticed that too. <laughs> yeah, we definitely pulled a lot of stuff out from like the beginning just because I feel like we were like rambling so much. I'm like, we don't know what we're doing. We're we're just trying to podcast like everything just, else just- is malfunctioning. <laughs> we're just trying to podcast and we can't get our sound right and our guests are waiting and we're just oh yeah but you know what that was really fun though yeah that was fun i would would do it again good podcast (laughs) episodes yeah yeah Yeah. and it was it was a good time just like to batch and just hang out it was good agreed agreed um yeah how has your dry january been going uh pretty good i mean you had a birthday so we weren't totally (laughs) dry on that day um yeah but i think it doesn't count yeah that that one well honestly the only reason is because yeah like i don't know i I don't want to say like i felt pressure to or i was pressuring anybody either i just felt like it was kind of like this collective like thought between the four of us like sake would go great with this um, yeah, the no, whole vibe, was... the whole thing. Um, if they had a non-alcoholic version, maybe I would have jumped for it, but that doesn't exist at least on on that menu. So, no, I totally agree. We were just like, ah, oh, it feels right. And I've started to notice. I guess what what day is it? It's, today is the ninth, actually. So, yeah, I've I guess we've pretty much been doing it for nine ish days, give or take the one. Um, small drink of sake that we had on your birthday. Um, And I feel like I'm already starting to not crave it so much. Like, it's been really interesting. Like, I I knew that on this Friday, I would be particularly susceptible to wanting to have a glass of wine because on the first Friday of every month, it's like my really stressful clinic. I work with the most sick kids and it usually runs really late. And I don't get home till like 8, 8.30, sometimes earlier. But anyways, it's just been like a habit over the last four or five months to just like, you know, get on the couch, have a pretty oversized glass of red wine and just like chill, right? And I was like, okay, this will be the real test because this is when my stress is the max. Um, But I kind of planned ahead. Like we went to Trader Joe's and I looked for a couple of drinks that I thought I might like, a couple of bubbly things and um, ended up going for that, reached for that and it was like the same effect. Like Caroline is not wrong. Like you're kind of like looking for like something to put in your hands and like you're looking for a reason not to move off the couch, but you're not looking for alcohol. 100%. Yeah. I So I've been doing it slightly longer. Um, I I would say almost since our talk with Carolina. Um, oh, wow. Good I, for I you. Think, I think I've only had alcohol like like on my birthday and then maybe like one or two other times. Um and um exactly what she was saying with just like putting something in your hand like just like making a mocktail and seeing if that satiates it does and um so after our call with her i um got this gift um from one of the companies that i work with at my job and it was uh i think it's like called gia g h i a i believe so it's it's so it's called gia uh, G-H-I-A, and there are non-alcoholic aperitifs. So from this gift, I got a full bottle of the mixer. So not the spritz, um, like 
uh, cans that they come in. Um, so this was like the full bottle and it came with a jar of edible flowers and four coasters with these adorable watercolor illustrations and a little uh, cap to like a spout cap to pour the drink. So I had a whole bottle of that to myself. Um, I did not share. Well, I, I let Nestor try it a little <laughs> bit and he's like, ew, that's gross. But like he <laughs> has a very flower one. No, but I mixed it with elderflower. Ah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this one is the one that is basically like a wine replacement kind of because it, like the I think the main ingredient is like a Riesling grape. So it's it's got kind of that like grapiness to it, but it's not fermented and it's mixed with like a bunch of other like botanicals, which gives it a really like earthy taste. Um, and it, it's a very like mature taste. It, so it gives you that feeling of alcohol where it's got a lot of complexity to it versus just like a sparkling like a strawberry beverage kind of thing. It's got like a lot of complexity, which you can use as like your mixer. So um, I tried it out a couple of ways. I tried it with just sparkling water. That was good. And then, but I, I like a little little something extra. So um, I when I was at Whole Foods, I saw this elderflower lemonade and that was awesome mixed with it. It just, it added like that perfect amount of sweetness because the um, mixer is pretty tart. Uh, so it needs a little bit of sweetness to, to, I don't know, make it feel really special. So it, that was like the perfect thing. So yeah, so I started you put with the it Gia. On ice. Yeah, just put it on some mm-hmm. ice, or yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, put a little straw in there. Put the flowers on top. Make it a thing. Use the coasters. It's so cute. So yeah, I, I was having so much fun with that. Um, and yeah, you just want something like special to drink to make your night think- feel less mundane. Um, I think yeah, that's what I, it is too. Totally. So I haven't had any cravings and I think that's why I felt so comfortable like drinking on my birthday is because I'm like, well, it's not something that I feel obligated to, but it it's also something that it's like, it, it was a conscious choice, not just like I feel like I want to drink to get drunk or to like feel tipsy or anything like that. Like there wasn't any desire there. It was just like, well, I like the taste of it. I think it's going to taste well with the food and I think it's going to like enhance the experience in that way. Okay, so this just made me wonder this really random question, nothing to do with the conversation, but what's your Enneagram number? Do you know? My what? Do you know what Enneagram? Do you know what that is? No. Oh, you need to take this this test. It's like it's like the same it's like one of those personality things, right? That they like bucket you in. Um but yeah, basically, you were, like, given a number, like, one through nine, maybe? I don't know. Maybe I'm messing that up, but um, you Enneagram just – personality test? Yeah. And I'm not usually into those kinds of things, um, but I don't know. I, I have this oh, feeling you that you're like this – the ENF, ENF, J, no, K, no, whatever's – No. That's Myers-Briggs. It, they're similar. Uh... But that's a different, like, personality bucket, bracket thing. Okay. What's your concept of me? Well, I think we have the same one. That's why I'm like, I just, I see those qualities in you that I share. Um, And, yeah, I just, like, I I feel like it aligns with the same reasons why I'm categorized as a seven, which is what I am. Which is, like, the... Yeah, so like need for change, need for adventure, need for like newness, need for um, uniqueness, that kind of thing. 
just really yeah oh, this is they so love cool it. yeah so i don't know you i just feel like you share those qualities and that's why i was like oh i wonder if we're the same one it has nothing to do with i'm gonna do this about, in the background <laughs> okay okay cool cool see my result your type in depth is this what you is this what yours looks like this thing yeah what is the biggest number three or, <laughs> and then it's two and then I it's seven that. so what is three a three is an admirable achiever a two is a nurturing supporter and a seven is an enthusiastic optimist so those are my three strongest that I can totally see that I guess admirable achiever because maybe that's what I present on the outside it's like oh hey I work nine to five and I also have a podcast and I'm also painting and I just can't run away from my feelings fast enough uh <laughs> nurturing supporter <laughs> because like my job is very much like looking after people and I guess like I got into it for those reasons uh but then I can still see like a pretty strong seven enthusiastic optimist and and you were saying like that's a bit of like the adventure seeker and adventurous person I would say that's true like look at us we've both moved to LA like I don't maybe I answered things like a little less optimistically on the, the test because I was like it was like you you always like to see the bright side of things I'm like that's not true like I can be pretty negative sometimes or like pretty what I think it's like realistic but probably isn't realistic it's probably just like negative um but yeah admirable achiever but is that like work workaholic or like overworking yeah that's the way that i've um like seen it seen it described as or like um like experienced it as as well i think with tests like these um they can change like throughout the year or throughout your entire life just depending on like what your focus is on like um like honestly, just like where, where you're at in life, like how your work life is, how your social life is, like all of those things really take effect. Um, so that's why I was saying like, oh yeah, I used to be a three because there was a time in my life where it's like, that was like the number one focus, like nothing else mattered more than, than the achievements in work kind of thing. And I've since like drifted away from that, just like realizing how harmful that was. And I've really leaned into the parts of me that, that like, um, change and like adventure and things like that because I feel like those are like healthier outlets for me because those ones get me closer to the ultimate goal which is creativity uh, in my opinion mm. for, for my for my I life for totally my system you see so you see what I mean it's like I share those that's why I was like I feel like I share those qualities with you you have to have those same ones and that's why we're like that's why this works because I feel like there's like a balance of like us knowing the work and responsibility behind it but also like we like to like it's exploratory like we explain in the trailer so yeah I can totally see that and we're always both trying to like maximize creativity like that's something I think it's hard to explain to someone who's never tried to uh capitalize on their creativity so it's like one of those amorphous things that you can't really put your finger on so it's really nice that we both have that pretty strongly in our personalities and that we're always trying to do that and then that's also kind of nice because yeah if we're not both strong sevens that we're both able to recognize like taking a break I'm it's kind of weird that I was a seven honestly but I'm also kind of a or not seven sorry both strong threes I guess it's weird that I'm a strong three but I can kind of see it 
because of like the demands put on me to be able to like achieve day to day. Um, is that Marley growling? Oh, yeah. Let me just see what's going on. Yeah, we kind of took like a, a detour to talk about enneagrams. Um, but yeah, how, how do you want to like kind of finish up our little hello segment, our beginning segment with like how your week was? Because we talked a bit about talked a bit about me. <laughs> so, how was your um, week, Ashley? Since returning from your trip, yeah. <laughs> it's good. I just like worked from home Monday through Thursday, which was a nice little break for me. I thought I would just, I don't know, be kind to my coworkers after traveling across the border in case I had anything COVID wise, um, but never felt any issue. So happily went into, into the office on Friday and it was really nice to see everybody again. And yeah, I mean, nothing had changed, um, but I think I, I, I was a little better focused um, since actually getting a break. It was so hard in December. So this was really refreshing. But uh, we got back on, I think it was Sunday. And we were just so floored. We were so happy to be back. Like, I know you and I talked about this, but I don't know if anyone else experiences this specific to LA, but like when they return to LA and they're just like, oh my God, like wherever they've been, it's cold and they come here and it's so hot and it's sunny and like people just, people are beautiful here. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone city, seems to be smiling. <laughs> yeah. The city like, like welcomes you back with open arms. Like that's what, that's what I tell people, like why it's worth like going through all this shit of your first year in LA because you experience moments like that. Like there's, you're always going to like go somewhere for however long it is. Like you can go away for a couple of days to a couple of weeks to a couple of years and you come back. And once you've made that relationship with LA, once you've made it past your first year and LA like embraces you, it's, it does that forever for the rest of time. Um, I, which is that's why I just love this place so much. But you got to have a relationship with LA for that to happen, which you and I, I do. agree. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like I, I mean, I've moved around a lot and I've had the experience of leaving for a break and coming back way too many times. And there's been good places and good people that I have really missed and enjoyed coming back to. But there's never been like an actual just physical location that for no reason it just makes me smile so big and it's not Same. I mean it is all these things like it is like you know that we could get delicious iced coffees and like walk on the beach and it's 20 degrees but it's not just that like well 20 20 degrees like, that's Canadian you're you're using the wrong translate I don't know translate. like um, 75 75 <laughs> degrees Fahrenheit Let's hedge our bets at 70, 73. Like that's a hot day back home. Well, not a hot day, but that's like a nice day. And it's like a beautiful day for January. And, and it's January. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, but it's not even just the weather. Just like, yeah, it's just like good, good feelings and good memories so far of my year in LA. And just like, I don't know, I was pumped up and ready to go for this year. And yeah, work is hard. And like, I still have way too much on my plate, but I was just so happy to be back. And don't get me wrong. It was so good to see family and the few friends I was able to see. It was awesome. Like I've missed them so much and I already miss them so much still. But, you know, 
I feel very focused when I come here. I have a purpose and I, you know, that's motivating. So it's good to be back. I don't know what it is. It's just like I said, like sunshine medicine, just people are happy and people are smiling and everyone seems to be busy doing something that makes them money (laughs) and 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 makes them happy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's key. So. And it was so funny because like I got back and I the first few things that I did were so LA. Like I I went to the store and I picked up like green fruits and vegetables and immediately <laughs> just like ground them up into a juice. And I was so happy. I was like, my parents got me a like a like a blender, like a Oh cool. You know, one of those like Nutribullets. And I was like, I'm gonna grind everything into a green smoothie. And I did this all week and it was so great. And then I also just like straight like went to, went for the self-tanner and I was like, ah, I gotta look like summer again because I I haven't done this for a while. I just felt like yeah, just like a rejuvenated self-care. It was great. Yeah, yeah so oh, I've had so a good dry. week. Like just yeah, just getting back into it. But it, don't get me wrong. It was really hard to get back into work. Like, uh, feel super rusty. <laughs> work is work. Work has nothing to do with LA. LA is its own thing. Yeah. Well, yes. Yes and no. Because like work, work, work is very tied to me being in LA because of my visa. But, you know. Uh, only by technicality. <laughs> <laughs> only by the fact that they could forcibly remove me. But... But the feeling, yeah. Ashley, the feeling but of the LA. feeling, <laughs> the feeling of LA, focusing on the feeling. Yeah, yeah. It has nothing to do with that work. Yeah. So yeah. So mm-hmm. how, how excited are you for 2022? Okay, I have, I have mixed feelings, because I'm like, both super, super excited to see what comes. And to like, do all these things that I've been hoping to do. And like, just so eager to do with like, the weather getting nicer again. Um, but at the same time, I'm also like, ugh, season three of COVID, like 2022, like how's it going to change? Like all these negative things you hear on the radio and you hear- Did on, you hear or, the Delta Cron? Like, Did you hear about the Delta Cron variant? What do you, is that a thing or is that just yes. referring to both of them? No, no, it's a thing. It's, it's, no. a, it's a combination of the two. Some doctor discovered it, and he was like, "Well, this is the Delta Cron." <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so like, so. so so like, you're saying that like Delta variant had a baby with the Omicron, and now we could get all three. Yeah. <sighs> so, get boosted, y'all. This is a pro-vax podcast. We are yeah, pro-vax. I'm sorry. <laughs> We accept you for all of your thoughts and feelings and needs, but we personally are pro-vax. And, and we don't would come after us you, for it. <laughs> we hope that you take heed to that and, and look at the information out there. But yeah. Yeah. How are you feeling about 2022? Um, I'm, I, Is it stupid to be optimistic? I feel like it. it's like for how many years that we've been punched and kicked around by covid it's like it's so easy to be disheartened by the new year but i feel kind of optimistic um maybe that's yeah maybe maybe it's uh, stupid but um yeah i don't know i i can't describe it it's definitely like a feeling that i have but it could be totally off my my needle could just be uncalibrated right now and i i'm feeling out how 2024 should be but uh, no, I, I don't know. I feel kind of excited. Um, and uh, in this episode, we kind of talk about um, we're going to talk about 
goals and goal setting. And I think this is like the first year in the past few years that I've felt excited to set goals. Um, so I feel like that's a good step for me. But again, like, <laughs> we'll see, like, ask me again in July how I feel about the year. And then I'll tell you probably the real truth. But so far, I feel optimistic. No, I think that's a healthy place to be. Like, I think a lot of people use like the change of a season or like the brand new year to have that fresh start. And I think it's a healthy thing to have that fresh start and to be optimistic, like, especially when we've been kicked around and told otherwise for so many years now. I think it's good to be like, you know, giving it another chance. Yeah. Yeah. So um, do you have any uh, goals coming up this year, Ashley, as like a segue into the topic? Um, well, I feel like I have one overarching goal, but I also kind of have the goal of not setting goals, which is kind of a weird thing. And I'll get into it. I don't know if you can hear my little... I can hear him. Your gremlin? <laughs> my gremlin is like snorting and like rolling and roughhousing in the back there. Sir? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm... um almost setting like a goal of having less expectations. I'm not really sure how to quantify it, but overall the goal this year is to find a bit more peace and reduce anxiety. Um, so yeah, I don't know if it's like an anti-goal or if it's just a very broad goal that is not very well defined. I love that. Um, why don't we talk about it? Let's get into it. Let's Let's do it. So why don't we start by uh, introducing the topic as a whole? So um, in this episode, we want to talk about goals, goal setting. Should you set a goal? Should you not set a goal? Um, what is some of the science behind goal setting and um, not goal setting um, and habits as well? Just a, kind of a touch on habits, although we'll probably expand on that in a, in a future episode. Um, yeah. So Ashley, in before the break, you were talking about how you kind of have like no goal slash an anti-goal for 2022. Do you want to kind of tell us about that and tell us what that means and kind of like why you came to that approach? Yeah. So um, I have been really getting into, um, well, I guess on my road trip home and my road trip back, uh, I listened a lot to a podcast called the Huberman Lab. Uh, with Dr. Andrew Huberman, and he is a, I think, a neuroscientist. Um, he puts out a lot of really cool content about psychology and how the brain works, and I latched on to a few of the episodes, which got me thinking about um, goals and habit formation in a slightly different way over the last couple of weeks, which I think is really timely. So, you know, everyone's being asking me, like, are you setting a New Year's resolution? Like, what does that look for you in this new setting where you're in a new city and you have a new job? Like, what's that going to look like this year? And to be honest, usually every year I, I think like, okay, I've got several goals and I feel like they're under different categories. Like, okay, finance goal, relationship goal, work goal, 
um, health and wellness or body type goal, you know, like eating. And I think I usually have like a pretty like solid list of a few different goals. And this year I just, I don't, I wouldn't say I meditated or did any kind of deep thinking about it, but I just kind of sussed it out. I just felt it. And I just felt like, you know what I really need more of in my life is actually less stress, less goals, less like milestones and markers of achievement and just like more peace, more calm, um, just more time in a, I don't know about a neutral state, but just a slightly positive or neutral-ish state, like one where I'm not feeling like my heart rate increase um, unrelated to exercise, one where I'm not feeling like there's something I should feel guilty about, just trying to do activities and save space for like that feeling more than I've ever had it in the past. Um, now, do you do you think that do you did you like come to that like after the podcast or have you been kind of thinking about it as we were approaching the new year in the beginning? And that just kind of like yeah. was more validation. I think it was something I was thinking about before or I was definitely feeling it. And then I kind of I guess I heard it on the podcast and was like, oh, okay, this is someone who actually was able to put like a scientific category to it. And they were able to explain like why someone might be feeling that way. And I'll, I'll like, I'll be clear. They weren't talking about like anti goals or like not setting goals, but I do think that you kind of pulled the message from it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think like to give people a little bit of like context for, um, what kind of goals there are and why I feel like mine fits into one specific category over another. Um, like the Huberman Lab podcast went over two types of goals and they talked about one, the immediate goal-based habit. And this is something that's designed to bring a specific outcome, like to get an outcome as you do a thing. So this might be like, my goal is to go to the gym four times a week this year. Or whatever. Like you can see that there's like a plan and a specific target and an outcome that comes from that target. And that's, I think, what I've had in the past. Like I've had, you know, like I said, like those five areas and I, I've just like put a goal for each of those, like a, a goal-based habit under each of those categories as a New Year's resolution. And then the second type that he mentioned that I think caught my eye or caught my ear and is why I kind of latched onto my, my feeling was this idea of identity-based habits. So there's a larger overall kind of umbrella theme to what you're feeling and you want to become a thing. So his example was, I want to become a fit person. So you attach like a bigger, broader picture to it and it's a, there's like a meaning behind it. So when you do this, there there is an immediate goal, um, but it's also linked to something larger. So I haven't yet figured out what my immediate goals are, but it is linked to the larger picture of I want to be a calmer person, right? Yeah, no, I, I totally hear you. That's really interesting. Um, and it's kind of funny that you talk about like identity being like kind of like influencing action. Um, I This is like definitely something that we would have to go like way further into detail and is not right for this episode. But um, I read this book by Eckhart Tolle and he talks a lot about um, how people use identities like in different situations of life and they kind of like um, like 
they're not themselves because they've like over identified like like when you're working I identify as an employee so I I treat other people like I'm the employee and I react like an employee versus just like your regular self or like an even better example is like when um somebody comes over with like postmates like you're treating that person in the interaction of you're delivering food and I'm receiving food versus just like two people right so I think that's kind of interesting um obviously nothing like like right or wrong about that but I find it I find it kind of fascinating that the brain operates in that way so that's that's what I'm saying it makes sense that that's like a specific way that the 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 mind reacts um but it can be identified in kind of like a scientific way and like more of like a spiritual like um less tangible way it's really interesting I think that's exactly right and I feel like possibly I like subconsciously developed the goal in that emotional or spiritual way as you're describing it and knew that's the direction I wanted to go with this year and then just like happened to come across the scientific explanation later and was like oh is that maybe what I'm doing I'm not sure but that's cool yeah no it totally makes sense I think that I think that is really cool um so what Mm -hmm. is this like what is the identity you're reaching for do you think have you Um, have you defined it yet or it's just kind of like the feeling of Ashley Uh, I think like, I mean, in reducing anxiety, I think it's maybe the identity of having a calmer version of myself, like someone who's able to, um, like self equilibrate a little faster. Um, like over the years I've worked on different behaviors and different reactions that I've had. Some of them are just like everyday things. And some of them are tied to like a true mental health disorder And I think this is maybe the year to try to, you know, pick up some of those old good habits and maybe also trying to like push them to the limit, like see how far I can go. Can I, can I reduce stress in a stressful situation? Like just the other day, I think something that I was able to do was like, I came home on that Friday night on a night that I'm usually really, really stressed. And I was still able to say like, oh, well, I'm doing this challenge of no alcohol. So I was able to like reduce stress in other ways. And that's a great example. Yeah. Like not, not the no alcohol perspective, but rather like I had to find like a different tool that night and I was really stressed. Like that is a really stressful night for me every month. Um, so yeah, I think it's just being able to come back to neutral faster and have a bit more resilience. And I think there's a lot of ways that I'm probably going to achieve that this year. Like, I think I'll probably end up like dividing that into some smaller goal-based habits. Like, you know, I need to do more exercise. I need to eat healthier foods. I need to go to sleep on time. Like I know there are like other sub goals in that, but I don't know if I've like, it's not, it's not the purpose. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah, so I, I'm definitely having the opposite um, intention in mind for this year, but I also have experienced exactly what you're going through. Um, and mm. even like so far as to say like my identity uh, in the previous years was just like a person who can survive uh, because <laughs> 2020 and 2021 were pretty rough. Um, so yeah, very similar experience. I just like did not set any specific goals, but like those came with the intention. I guess it's like more of like an intention than an identity maybe. Um, although I didn't listen. Who am I to say? But <laughs> I didn't listen to the podcast. Um, but um, 
that's just what makes sense in my mind. Um, it's just kind of like the intention so do you of it, think- at least in my past experience, right? Yeah, like I'm wondering about your past experience. Like, do you think that because a couple of times or like a few New Year's resolutions like recently have been more of that identity focused goal that this year you're like, hey, I'm ready for these like really goal based target sort of goals. Like, do you think that's what has influenced you? Um, I mean, so like in, in past years, I haven't been able to like necessarily like articulate what those like taking a break of resolutions was, if that makes sense. Like I, I, there was no way for me to be like, oh, this year I'm taking an identity based, uh, goal. Um, like I, I didn't have like, um, a way to articulate that. So for me, it was just like this year I'm resting and this year, this is just like who I am. I'm just like a person because in past years, I've always been the person, um, who does the goal-based habits like you were mentioning earlier. Um, so same thing that you were saying, like, um, I set a specific goal in mind of doing this this many times, or at the very least, like achieving something that I wanted to achieve by the end of the year. Um, I think because 2020 threw us into so much change and everybody probably had this exact experience of like setting really high goals for themselves for the new year on 2020 and just being smacked with reality of like, life doesn't work exactly the way you want it to operate. Like, there's always going to be shit that, that comes out of nowhere that you don't expect that completely ruins all of your plans. But can you make it for the better? Um, so I learned that by 2021. So 2020, I did set goals, obviously, um, like most of us, um, because we had no idea what was going to come. Um, so I did set goals and they were like really career-based goals or really like uh, big life change goals. Um, like I was like, like, this is a year we make, like, big moves, like, this is a, like, a new decade, that whole thing uh, that everybody was doing, um, but when you're hit with reality, it's like, all right, you got to know when to slow down, when to pivot, how to pivot, do you pivot, or do you just stop, like, all of those questions, and you really, like, you were saying, you just kind of, like, feel it out, um, so by 2021, um, I just didn't set any, like, any goals at all, um, because we were kind of in this like limbo area. And also I was like still trying to get over like my own mental health barriers. Um, so that's why I was saying it. my goal was just like, I'm a person and I'm going to live. And that's the goal is to just exist and be okay with existing. So there was like a lot of like, um, like mental goals in mind more than anything, but they weren't specific. They weren't like, I have to cure my depression by this date at this time. Like it wasn't anything like that. Right. But I feel like I've had enough time to allow that to like, um, like marinate basically, just just really seep in. Um, so I feel like I am at a place where it feels healthy to set goals like that, knowing if something comes out of nowhere and ruins my entire plan, what can I do with that? How can I do something with that? So I feel like I'm at a place mentally where it feels right, where I'm. I can take those challenges. And that's what I was kind of telling you when we met up yesterday that like, I know it's going to be a really hard year. I'm not expecting it to breeze by, but I'm acknowledging that I am putting in the hard work. I am a, I am reaching for the stuff that's really hard, um, which kind of makes sense, right? We were talking about this pleasure pain cycle in our conversation yesterday um, where you 
you reach for the pleasure and then there's some sort of like what what they would call pain um, in, in the podcast you were telling me about, right? But it works the same way backwards. So it's like reaching for the pain because there's pleasure on the other side. So it's like reaching for the really hard goals, the stuff that's going to take a lot of really hard work and that's going to suck because of what's on the other side. But I only have reached that because I was able to rest and like understand how to approach situations like that better. Yeah, I mean, it sounds kind of like you really took the time you needed in 2020 and 2021. And you, yeah, you rested, you reflected, and you're ready to set, you know, these more, I guess, definitive goals, should we say? Totally. Yeah. And that's really cool. Like, I think it's super inspiring. It's inspiring for me. I mean, you were giving me a few, um, like, ideas of the goals you're setting yesterday. And I was like, oh, my God, these are awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Like, so inspiring and actually quite achievable, I think, which is, um, I think, something that a lot of people falter on is like, you know, I'm going to do all these things and move mountains. And then they feel just so beat up by like July when it's not going their way. Um, And I'm not saying your goals are small. I'm saying your goals are really well focused and targeted to the things that are going to benefit you. And you've made good, like, you've put good, like, target boundaries on them. Like, they're really smart goals. And I think that's something people struggle with. Like, I struggle with that. You know, totally. Like, yeah. I mean, same. Like, uh, like ask me, ask me about the same thing back in 2020. Like, I obviously didn't have the right mindset and I didn't have the right, like, capacity to understand um, what happens with change and, like, how you can manage it. Um, but it, it takes a while to reach that point. And, um, like I was saying earlier, like, like we go through periods of life where these situations change. So um, some periods of life, you're going to want to put on some intense goals every year, every month, and you're going to work really hard for them and you're going to achieve them. Or if you're not going to achieve them, you're not going to beat yourself up that you didn't achieve them. You're going to adjust and keep working. But not everybody and honestly, probably a lot of people right now are not experiencing that side of life. I think most of people are experiencing um kind of how you are saying of just like really being able to um, n- not put like a specific like exact target in mind, but more like a feeling and more of an intention, more of um, like an identity, like you were saying. I think that's I think that's really healthy that you came to that approach on your own as well. Um, and I think a lot of that comes probably just from like listening to what your body is asking for, like really being able to understand what you actually need and not what you feel like obligated to or required to. Yeah, exactly. Especially with hustle culture, it's so easy, so easy to be like, I have to be a millionaire by this. I have to um, have like 10 million followers by this. Like it, life does not work that way, <laughs> even if you are the main <laughs> character. Yeah, I know. I, I don't even remember what I read, but I did read something recently about like how hustle culture can be so damaging and it would be wrong for me to even try to say anything negative about hustle culture because I'm probably like a key player um, in all of that. But I think. Well, I don't know, because you are taking that. You have made that conscious choice to say, hey, this year I'm not going to put hard and fast like rules and goals on myself. I'm going to feel it out and feel what feels right when my body asks for it. 
I think because you've made that choice, I don't think that you are necessarily like a key player in hustle culture versus like you are uh, a person affected by hustle culture and you're learning how to live in a society uh, that promotes hustle culture, like how you're like learning to be a human. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, learning to be a human. Yeah, I mean, that's probably a better way of looking at it. And I think maybe just accepting that I can still be super busy and I can still do all of these different things that I want to do, but I don't need to hustle for all of these things. Like, I think that's something I've been been looking at too recently. Just like, okay, so how can I balance like keeping my nine to five and driving my, like my long distances and walking my dog and spending time with Mike and doing the podcast and doing the painting. Like, it's just, it feels like I'm in the hustle culture, but then when you step back, it's like, these are all choices. Like a, a lot of people who are in the hustle culture are like needing to rely on these things for income. Like I have the privilege of it being like things I really like, you know? Yeah. And I also don't think there's anything wrong with being busy as long as like no. you're saying it's a, it's a conscious choice and it's what feels right. Like as long as you're not pressuring yourself to do or achieve something out of busyness. Um, yeah, because I also feel like you are really great about knowing when to rest. Um, I don't know. It, I mean, you could probably speak better on it if you actually do. But at least from my experience, I, I can see that you acknowledge when you need to rest. Um, <clears throat> and you, you do set pretty good boundaries of of um, where these sections of life kind of intersect or don't. Um so yeah, good on you, Ash. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, what do you think for yourself? Like, do you feel that that, like, um, do you feel that this is something you can identify with too? Like, do you think that um, my identity-based goal of being more of a calm person is something that you can identify with? Or is that something more you've you've seen yourself doing in the past? Y- yeah, I mean, uh, as far as like being calm, that's definitely not my goal this year. <laughs> um but I, it, like I said, it, it was definitely like, especially last year, I think it was really important um, for me to just, yeah, just exist and just be okay with that. Um, I think this year is exciting for me because I'm like, okay, I get to like put it all to the test, basically. Like um, all of this stuff that I've really, all of this inner work that I, I've done and obviously none of it is perfect. Like it's going to continue. I'm going to continue to have to do this inner work throughout the year. But I think that I've done enough where I feel comfortable to be able to put that like pressure on myself where it feels good. It doesn't feel like um, I'm doing it for negative reasons. It feels like the things that I'm doing are going to benefit not only myself, but the people around me, which I think is is like that's a that's so key in creating goals is like we live in society where everything is so like single-minded, like personal, like, like it's all about me. I have to achieve this for me, blah, blah, blah. But like when you're setting goals, how are you thinking about how it affects the people around you and does it like, um, and not, it, it doesn't have to be direct. Like it can be like, oh, my goal this year is to meditate every day so that I could have a better mental capacity to be able to speak with the people close to me so I can be calmer when I'm closer to them or things like that. Um, so I think that's kind of important. Yeah, I don't know if that answered 
It does. Yeah. But I think maybe we should hear a bit more about like what goals you do have in mind for this year. Cause I know you had a pretty extensive list. Um, I think you've been going to town with your new iPad there. <laughs> I love my new iPad. I, I'm obsessed. Um, so these are some of the goals I have. Um, like Ashley said, like they're not small. Um, and maybe they're unachievable, but maybe they're not. Um, so we'll see. Uh, so my goals this year, uh, the first one is to save $10,000. And that's a probably the biggest one for me because I am not a saver. I'm a big spender. <laughs> um, but I, I want to, f- I'm getting close to my 30s. So I, if I even want to imagine owning anything to my name, uh, especially like a house or anything of that sort, I need to really start saving. If I want to have a retirement, I got to start saving. <laughs> so <laughs> $10,000 is a big number. Like, um, I was talking to Mike about that and he's like, yeah, that's, that's a goal. Like, I I don't even know if I have that saved. Yeah. So there, I know it's big, but here's the thing. Like when you're setting goals, you can't just think about like, what is the most, um, like routine way to reach this goal? What is the most like straight shot, like point A to point B to get to the goal? And I think when you're, I think that's, you're setting yourself up to like only be able to achieve that goal if you go down that path. So instead of traditionally saving, just pulling money out of my paycheck and putting it into a savings account, I'm thinking of other ways that I can create that $10,000. Like, am I going to start investing? Because that investing could help me reach that number a lot faster. Um, So I have to do some research into where I should invest in. Um, if I should do any sort of trading or if I should open up like a some sort of like digital business where I can create like a, a one and done kind of thing and then just continue to make uh, income off of that. And all of that income mm-hmm. goes right into the savings account. So I'm thinking of alternate ways to reach that number that is going to make it a lot easier on myself, um, but it's still going to help me reach that goal. So, so you're thinking like passive income and active saving. Yep. So all sorts of ways, because I know it is a big goal. So like I said, I can't just think of traditionally like, okay, I'm going to pull out this much money from my paycheck and put it into my bank account. Um, that's only going to get me so far. Um, so yeah, there's, that's probably the easiest way to be able to like, um, be motivated to reach the goal because you know that there are options, um, not be discouraged because you know there are options, but yeah, can just continue to give you um, uh, the opportunity to reach that goal. I think it's so, smart. that's the first one. I, yeah. No, what were you going to say? What's the second one? Oh, I was just going to say, I think in the future, we want to have a guest on who talks a little bit more about um, like finances, investing. This may or may not coincide with the NFT discussion, but I know that a lot of people are really talking about finances and like unique ways to make money in the financial world. So definitely a hot topic right now. Yeah, yeah. And that's definitely, that was like definitely top of mind when when I'm creating that goal and picking that number specifically, um, because it needs to be kind of hard. But um yeah, there needs to be ways that you can achieve it besides just a one one straight shot. Um, so I'm excited to have that finance conversation with you in the future too. That's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. 
Um, okay, so some of my other goals. Um, I have podcast specific goals. Um, so I have goals in relation to our uh, to getting sponsors. I would love to have at, at least one sponsor by the end of the year. I feel like that's pretty achievable. Um, but in order to get that sponsor, I'm thinking, okay, what are the ways that we can break it down and and kind of like work backwards from that? Like what's going to be the stepping stones to reach that? So those are some things that I'm thinking of in terms of like micro goals. Um, I have goals uh, to increase the number of listens that we have per week. And again, that comes with those like uh, goals that kind of fall underneath it. Um, I have career change goals. Um, Tell us more about the career change goals. For me, career change is like where that balance is of um, uh, enjoyment and um, like learning and then um, where it's just for income, if that makes sense. So more out of necessity, like I'm trying to take the necessity away and like add more of that like pleasure of being alive because I'm not I'm not here on this earth to give my boss more money. Like truly, that's not my purpose. So it's like leaning more into my purpose and being able to financially support myself in that way. So but I have no expectations of what that turns out to be. Yeah. And I think it's it's interesting that you mentioned that because I don't remember the stats, but there was a huge number of people who quit their jobs in like, I don't know, the last quarter of last year. And I think a lot of people have come to this place where they're like, yeah, I need money, but I also need to be happy. And I'm going to push to find that thing that can bring me both. Yeah, our society is definitely in late stage capitalism right now. So we're <laughs> feeling rough and <laughs> we're not feeling we're, so good and no but it's it le- you can find some comfort in knowing that you're not alone in that and and that if we're all experiencing it collectively then there's some validation in that as well so definitely chase whatever the instinct is because that's what's most important um okay so next on my list is i want to move i'm tired as hell of my apartment i truly think it's cursed um <laughs> it's just like there's so much bad juju in here I'm so sick of it so I would like to move somewhere where I have more natural light because I feel like I only have two windows in my house and the sun doesn't really come through any of them so it's, it's kind of dark sometimes so I would like to do that um reduce my uh consumption of alcohol which is what we're doing right now so it feels good to be on track with that um I don't know if I'm reaching for like a completely sober life um I'm definitely California sober over here um but as far as (laughs) as far as alcohol goes um I don't know if I don't know if that's my goal and um I also don't know if it's not my goal so that's something that I I, again don't have a specific um like turnout in mind if I drink less then that's a success. If I don't drink at all, then sure, that's a ex- success as well. So I don't know. We'll see what that looks like as the year goes on. Um, on In the same vein, going out to eat less. So trying to cook more at home. Um, so what's which, the reason behind that? Do you, is it like a money thing? Is it like a diet thing? Yeah, both. Mostly money because Postmates is just getting more and more and more expensive and it's like so not worth it at all. Like I can't I can't justify it most of the time. I'd rather just not eat <laughs> when I'm lazy. <laughs> I'd rather be like, I'm just not eating like whatever. Um, it's Screw just too this. expensive. So I need to I need to make sure that I'm uh, eating right for my body. Um, 
So making sure that, because uh, I don't eat meat, so I need to watch like what my vitamins are. Um, I need to make sure that I'm consuming the right amount of iron and protein. So those things are really important for me to just like um, kind of like stay the best, best that I feel. Um, so in order to do that, I need to reduce how much I'm ordering takeout um, or going out to eat in general um, or buying like just like um, – we don't have a microwave, but we have like a conventional like tabletop oven. So like things to pop into the little mini oven. It's like none of that stuff's like like good for me. It doesn't provide the nutritional value that I need. So when I say like going out less or eating out less and cooking more at home, it's just like so I can have better control of what I am eating. Yeah, exactly. Do you have other goals? Oh, sure. Of course I do. <laughs> um <laughs> Well, uh, I was talking about I was, I am California sober, um, which means that I, I do smoke uh, marijuana. Um, so my goal is to to smoke less because just like putting any sort of anything into your lungs is just not good for you. Anybody can acknowledge that. Um, but do I want to reduce like I don't know? I kind of maybe would play around with edibles like the ones that they have at the dispensaries. So kind of like reducing like consumption in general. Um, because those are pretty like lower in THC and you can get ones that are like kind of more balanced in CBD. So you're kind of like, you're getting the full experience, um, of the plant. So looking at that, um, just to kind of like make my life healthier and easier on myself in my older age, Your um, older age, <laughs> she's 28 now. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm 45. It's like a whole new, whole new chapter of life. <laughs> yeah 28 you, when you 28 woke up going on 45 <laughs> yeah you woke up this morning with like body pain you're like oh 28 is hitting me hard <laughs> yeah I know yeah. Nestor is saying the same thing he's like yeah you're getting close you're getting close to old age <laughs> so try yeah, to watch out for that make it 30. easy on myself yeah the goal is to be like that old man at the at like the national parks like the 85 year old man who's like running up and down the hills like it's nothing like you you know that guy right you, you've seen that guy there's always some old guy and he's just like the best shape of his life at 85 like that's goals so I'm trying to do that <laughs> he's just like what is it rocky rocky in it like up like with that inspiration yeah up and down like, up and down yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. actually yeah. it's a good point that you make about like okay so you're 28 now I wonder if like some reason behind having goals at this time or like very clear goals like do you feel it has anything to do with coming to 30 soon totally totally um and I feel like there's probably a lot to unpack on on like myself just like thinking about like oh should I why do I put these expectations to achieve these things by this age like I there's something to unpack there but um unintentionally yeah I, I definitely do think it's like well it's like eventually I'm going to be 45 like what's my life going to look like then um and obviously it gets scarier as you get closer to 30 because they're like oh yeah 30 you should have your life figured out which is so not true <laughs> which I'm glad no. people are like people who are in their 30s who are saying like hell no I'm still in my 20s mentally like <laughs> <laughs> yeah but no I know I had that like build up to 30 and then I was just like well okay well eh. Yeah, just a con <laughs> continuation. 
Yeah. yeah, it was like I think I hit like my my like thirty my thirtieth year like goals and milestones maybe like very recently. So like a year, a full year and a half later, and I'm like, okay, I'm that's a little great. delayed. No, but that's <laughs> no, that's so great that the yeah, I I think that's totally fine. <laughs> well, yeah, I think I, the sum the summary on that is thirty is not anything to be afraid of. Yeah. No, I know that logically. <laughs> I, know, I, know I know that everyone logically, does. But like convincing my convincing like the inner ego is very hard. Yeah, it doesn't work. Like you just have to experience it. Yeah. Um, okay, so these are like the last two major goals that I have. Um, so I want to do at least one outdoor workout a week. So previously, I've just been like, oh, like working out three to four times a week is like a pretty healthy amount for starting out. Like if you don't have like any specific extreme goals, like that's just like a healthy amount. Um, but out of those workouts, I want to make sure that I'm going outside and, and being with nature more. Um, so if it's like a hike, it's a hike or it's like a walk around the park or it's, um, yeah, I don't know, some, some sort of like beach fitness. <laughs> if, if I ever learn how to surf, it's like surfing. It's like things like that, which, which are a bit more like outdoor connecting with nature and being able to, um, kind of move my body at the same time. So that's a big goal. Um, Why do you feel like it's, you want to add like a nature exercise in like why specifically do you think that you want to be out in nature I just want to be out in nature more especially because these past few years I've really been a homebody and the more that I'm inside the more like my depression like triggers back itself so like the more that I'm outside the less depressed I feel just in general and the less the urge to be depressed basically comes back um which is kind of a weird way to explain it, but I think people who have um, depression can relate to that, where it's kind of like an urge to feel depressed. It comes out of nowhere. Um, it's not that you're trying to, but it's like you feel it, right? So whenever whenever there's that feeling of like, oh, I feel like I'm going to be depressed in a minute, like get outside. So instead of like using that as a remedy, I'm going to use it as a preventative to just make sure that I'm not always in this state of like trying to fix myself, but like giving myself exactly what I already know that I need so that those like moments don't come up. So I think just being outside in general is really healthy. Um, for a lot of reasons, like you need fresh air, even in LA where it's like sometimes kind of gross air quality wise, um, there are places you can go to kind of like alleviate that. But yeah, I just think it's really important. And also, um, I just think it's important to connect with nature just in general. Like even if there's no like fitness involved, um, I just think it's really important to like connect with our planet. Like we live here, we're from it. Like we were created from the same stuff. Like we're all intertwined and interconnected. So I think it's important to make sure that you're allowing yourself to connect beyond what society has created for us. Like if it was just you on planet earth and nothing else and there was no society, like what would you do? How would you feel? What would you think? So, um, it's putting yourself spiritual. In, that, in those, yeah, I think it is. Um, but I think, I, I don't think there's like any like religion or anything like behind that. I think people can relate to that experience if they believe in God. Um, that's their moment to connect. Like they might not define it as nature. They might connect with God. Right. So for me, it's connecting with nature. Yeah. I think I'm similar in that way. Whenever I'm feeling a little bit like, well, 
yeah, like anxious or just lost or yeah, need some grounding. I think it's always nature. So I could see that as like a really good preventative, not necessarily the band-aid, but a more regular preventative measure. Yeah, because once you hit the point where you're you're needing to put a band-aid on it, you're you're already too late. Like the situation already yeah. happened. So for it's me, true. it's like it's like it's avoiding creating those situations for myself, which I know are entirely preventable. Like I'm not saying my depression is preventable, but I know what triggers my depression. And I know what what can make it resurface and I know how to avoid it, like um, but without controlling it kind of thing. Like I'm not trying to like get a grip on it and be like depression, like you will listen to me, like nothing like that. Like it's it, it's just knowing myself and knowing like the seasons of life and knowing like the things that I can change um, that can have an effect on it. Like if my depression comes, it comes, even if I did everything that I'm supposed to. But at least I feel better knowing that I have done what I know that I'm capable of doing versus just being like, well, boo, boo me. Like, that's so easy. It's so easy to just be boomy. But it doesn't feel good. <laughs> so I'm always, like, trying to get out of that phase. Yeah. Actually, um, something I was looking at, like, when I was doing my research for the episode was just the idea of having um, an external locus of control versus an, in or an internal locus of control. And I see you as someone who has a pretty healthy balance of both, but possibly more internal. Do you agree? I don't know. Explain that to me. Well, the concept is basically like, where does your understanding of why events happen lie? So in a person who sees themselves as an external locus of control type of person, they might believe that their behavior is guided by external factors, things outside of their control. So some people might categorize it as fate, luck, other external circumstances. It may or may not be religious in any way, but it's just someone who feels that outside pressures are what dictate a lot of the actions and behaviors that they have in their day-to-day -day lives. Internal, and, and I should say, that's not a negative thing. That can also be someone who has a, like a good, healthy kind of understanding that things happen and plans change because of things outside of their control, right? An internal locus of control is a person who might believe that their behavior is more guided by their own decisions and efforts. So like this person feels that they have like the ability and the responsibility to take the actions to make the changes in, they, in their life that they want to see. So it seems, at least in the literature, that it tends to be men and it tends to be older people. So as you age, your locus of control tends to shift more towards internal, uh, whether or not that's positive or negative. And I don't know why it's more commonly in men, uh, I guess at younger ages, I should say, but it seems that we tend to sort of shift towards an internal. And I kind of wonder, it's like, I'm asking you what, where you think you fall, but I also kind of wonder like, <laughs> as we age, like, is that healthy or is that, is that actually kind of unhealthy? Like to take on yeah. more burden <laughs> as we age? That's really interesting. Like, where do you think, yeah. Where do you think you fall? I think, no, I think, I think your instinct is right. I feel like I do feel pretty balanced in it. I do feel like I probably think more like internally because I'm critical on myself because I'm like, oh, this happened. Did I do it? Right. So it's like, I kind of have this like little bit of like an insecurity maybe. And that's where it comes from. Um, but I, I do believe like to a certain extent in fate but I believe those things can be changed. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like, I feel like, like logically I have a balanced approach to it. 
Um, but I might, I probably do lean more internally just because of like my own insecurities. Yeah. No, I can I can kind of see. No, I can't really see your insecurities, but I can see like <laughs> you're like, yeah, damn girl, like they're right there. You're so insecure. No. <laughs> no, but I can see like I can see how you approach things, and I can see that they're very like internal focused. Like, hey, we can change this. Like, hey, I know how to do this. Hey, I I'm in control of this factor, um, or like I'm gonna do what I need to do to be in control of something and change something I don't like, or the flip side of the and make that positive, but. Um, I can also see how you're able to just feel like, okay, so this is happening. <laughs> like, sorry, guys, like we have no control over this. And yeah. that's really healthy. It's something I actually look up to you for because I feel very oh. stuck and, you know, internal. I feel super internal and that could be anxiety. I feel like everything is my fault and yeah. everything I do is a problem. And I have a hard time being like, okay, like all these things happened. <laughs> like it makes sense that you're not, you know, achieving something that you wanted to achieve and I feel like you're so much better at that so that's why I think you're a little more like <laughs> balanced oh yeah I mean I I guess unintentionally I do have that like uh that drive in me to to have that balance I don't think I've ever heard it like um described in those ways I love that you you bring some sort of like scientific like reason like you bring like a real explanation to what the event is which I think is really cool um but yeah I guess like unknowingly I've always been trying to achieve that balance of like um yeah just being able to acknowledge what I can and cannot control I think is the big thing um and and letting go of control is very difficult for me but I think a very big lesson I need to learn um but yeah, I I think especially when I hit a moment of overwhelm, I think of overwhelm, I think I've learned to um question the overwhelm and and understand is this something that I'm making up in my head or is this something that everybody needs to be concerned about kind of thing. I know, and I think that's really hard to do. Um and it takes so much practice to train like the brain muscles to be able to recognize that, right? Yeah, 100%. Um, so yeah, so this has been really fascinating and really enlightening, this conversation. Um, but let's go ahead and finish it up with um, uh, kind of like the source of this inspiration. So uh, you were listening to a podcast on, um, the was it called the Huberman Lab? Is that correct? Yeah, I think it's the Huberman Lab. I'm not really sure. But it's, um, yeah, this neurobiologist or neuroscientist that I'm really into right now. And all of his interesting discussions about how the brain works and the brain chemistry, which is really beyond, I think, what anyone in our demographic is is excited about. And that's fine. But I think it's more just like the concept of um, knowing how the brain works and using that to your advantage in the context of the new year, setting goals, um, you know, just the ideas that came from that for me were like, should I set a goal this year? when is it a good time to set a goal and how can I be successful with setting a goal? Then the last question I had, and I think what really was like, okay, we have to do this for the episode was like that hustle culture. Like are people addicted to setting goals? Like, is that a thing? So, um, yeah. So I listened to the episode and I started doing some research and I learned a bit more about this thing called the pleasure pain or pleasure system. And we've we've referenced that a couple of times, and I I can go ahead and just kind of explain what I know about that. I'm no expert on this. I don't 
try to <laughs> say that I am, but I think um, you listened to it too. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's Dr. Annie Limke. Um, yeah, so he had spoken to um, a psychiatrist, Anna Lemke, um, on, yeah, on uh, dopamine, right? Yeah, so she's someone who talks a lot about dopamine. I mean, I did a little bit more reading on her, but not a ton. I think she has something, is it a book out on this thing called the dopamine nation? So just like yeah. why our society is craving dopamine and how we get more dopamine. Um, but the, I think the pleasure pain or the pleasure system is a really interesting thing to bring up, especially in the context of this episode. So, um, yeah, I'll try to explain it a little bit based on the, the podcast and, and my experience. But basically, it's the idea that we go after something that gives us pleasure. So pleasure can be associated with uh, the neurotransmitter dopamine. So it gives us pleasure. What g- gives us pleasure? Well, like, I don't know, food. Um, some kind of activity, maybe it's video games, relaxing, drinking wine, I'm not sure. There is some goal that you are are going after um, and you want to feel that pleasure. So pleasure being like the release of dopamine. So we get dopamine when we are chasing something because dopamine is associated with the pleasure and with motivation and drive. But as soon as we are kind of stopping our pursuit because we've achieved a goal, then I think that like the motivation goes down a little bit and so does that dopamine. And what what comes up like to balance it out is what they're calling pain. Now, I think you both, we both agree that pain is maybe like a weird word for this. Maybe it's not like pain so much as just like, a loss of pleasure like you've achieved your goal like I, I, don't, I don't even know so based off what I was reading I don't even know if I would I, I I honestly have a very hard time wrapping my mind around the way that they describe it initially I think the way that they describe pleasure and pain really simplifies it like oversimplifies it yeah um, especially for somebody who's not a psychiatrist or doesn't study dopamine and study the brain that's very easy for them to simplify but for for an average person like me, I think that honestly creates a lot of like uh, confusion. Like, what do you mean pain? Um, so the way that I uh, was hearing it described, um, like opposite of pain or not even opposite, but just like um, in replacement of the word pain is they were using the word craving, which I find um, which that settles with my mind a little bit more like I can understand craving more than pain in a regular situation so um uh so I was reading this interview um uh by by that psychiatrist and um so the interviewer was also having a very difficult time understanding what she was meaning by pain and pleasure on like a uh, situation that's not so extreme as being an addict obviously like um, being an addict, it's very easy to see that cycle. Um, you get pleasure from taking the drugs. You feel pain because of not taking the drugs. So you take more drugs to feel pleasure and then the pain follows. Like that's a very, very easy uh, cycle to understand. But on a regular life, somebody who doesn't experience addiction, what does that look like? So um, I'm just going to uh, kind of read from this article. Um, So it says, obviously, there is the extreme case of drugs, but let's take a cookie. If you eat it, it releases dopamine. Your balance tips towards pleasure. And then when you stop eating the cookie, there is a dopamine deficit, meaning your balance has tipped towards that pain, 
right? So that's a lot easier for me to understand um, and hopefully the listeners as well. It's like, it's not necessarily that there is pain or discomfort that comes from um, the thing that you're doing. It's that that's just the natural balance of life and the way that our brain experiences, like our brain anticipates that, right? So it anticipates that because of all of the other situations in life. So our brain knows that there's not going to be um, endless pleasure. So it creates that opposite effect so that you're not um, hitting this dopamine high constantly, which is what drug addicts chase, which is that constant over-release of dopamine. So um, in that context, totally made sense to me. So I just wanted to clarify that a little bit um, just because I did find that kind of confusing at first. Yeah, no, and I think that helps so much because I think the average listener is not going to understand the concept of pain as the like as it's been described by a lot of these scientists and doctors. Like it's it doesn't make sense. Like if we think of it more as that craving, then you have like pleasure seeking and then the loss of pleasure seeking where craving goes up and you want to you're like promoted to do that that pleasure seeking uh, or the you know, look for the activity that gets you that pleasure again. And so what was interesting to me is like, they said, basically, if you go through this cycle so much, if if you hit a point where you're unbalanced, which could happen in, to anyone, not just a person who's experiencing an addiction of some kind, but it could happen to anyone. And it's healthy to reset yourself. And the way to reset yourself is to go through periods or short breaks where you're not you're not chasing like something you're not going after pleasure because the brain needs to have like a break from that dopamine and a break from those like painful cravings so I think that's where the whole idea for this episode came together it was like are my goals like a pleasure seeking like as you saw earlier, like I got a three I'm like a, a an overachiever like a, an eager beaver like chaser of goals and activities and I just wondered like okay if I if all this comes together and I set my goal of like to be more calm does that kind of give me that break and that permission to be in that state of boredom like that state of no goal like that state of no pleasure seeking and and that's kind of where my excitement and interest for this topic came from (laughs) Totally. And I think I think this conversation, I feel like gives like a really good perspective on both ends of that spectrum of like, you need boredom, um, just to kind of like balance out everything else going on in your life. But if you're constantly bored and under stimulated, then you need the opposite kind of thing. Um, So it. I, yeah, I think it's it's really important to be able to look at from both angles. Like, um, when I was kind of looking into um, looking into this, uh, like they call it like this dopamine break or um, like taking a break from dopamine to recover from your quote addictions to smartphones or whatever. I was kind of reading into like, um, cause that concept really like kind of promotes boredom. Like they're like, yeah, you guys should stop being on your phones and be okay with boredom. And that's like really easy to apply to that scenario. But uh, I was also reading um, from other psychiatrists who um, kind of were, were thinking the opposite or like encouraging the opposite of like, you need to learn how to be bored. Yes, but boredom should not be your goal because then you're going to understimulate yourself. Instead, you should be intentional with the time. If you feel bored, instead of reaching for that thing that um, boosts your dopamine or instead of allowing yourself to sit in that boredom uh, without any intention, then you're just going to 
the purpose is kind of like for nothing, right? So they're saying like in that state of boredom, that's the time to analyze, like be super intentional, go in, like think internally um, and uh, make action from there. Why are you bored? Should you sit in this boredom? Is this boredom healthy? Like you feel those questions out in the moment. And then if you're feeling like you need stimulation, instead of reaching for the thing that's addictive like the phone or reaching for the thing that's addictive like a goal, right? Instead of going for those things, it's thinking, what do I need? And going to reach for that. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think it is about knowing when you need a break and knowing when you actually need to do something. And in all of my research so far on this topic, like everyone says that goal setting and going after things that bring you pleasure are very beneficial. Like these are healthy things to be doing. These are um, normal things to be doing. People set goals. Um, The New Year's resolution is not a new concept. It's a great time to be setting something. It's that fresh start mentality. Um, I think there's also a lot of really interesting literature out there on how to keep and set a habit, a healthy habit, and how to break an unhealthy habit. And hopefully we'll cover that in a kind of follow-up, another episode that we hit this from a different angle. Um, There's so much we could talk about on this, but I hope that, you know, our discussions and our experience with our goal setting has been inspiring, motivational, uh, maybe helpful or like just normalizing what what you're experiencing during this weird time. And like I said, the third season of COVID. And if you are, you know, like me, where you're just kind of feeling it out and you're just sort of generalizing your feelings and want to feel a certain way, that is totally cool and not a problem. Like that is just a an identity-based goal. And if you are like Katie and you have several goal-based habits you want to try to form, there's also nothing wrong with that. And that is excellent. And we highly recommend that you get yourself a digital planner. <laughs> oh, for real. So, yeah. 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 This has been a really, really fun episode, Ash. Um, I, I really like doing like the one-on-ones with you as much as I love interviewing. Um, it's always really nice to just like sit with you and just have a conversation. Um, make it perfect. I agree. I feel like this is more like our day-to-day. This is like someone actually catching us like at a coffee shop having like one of our regular conversations so it's so nice yeah absolutely um well do you want to sign it off yeah well I think thanks for joining us on our second episode of 2022 our first officially recorded in 2022 episode um we're so happy you're here we again ask that you help us out by rate rating reviewing and subscribing Again, that helps us boost our reach. That helps us get better, more exciting guests on and um, bring really cool content to you guys. So thanks so much for your support in 2021 and so far in 2022, if you're still with us. And we will see you on the next one. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.